0: Welcome to Settling the Score, I'm Kit Haig, and with me is Peter Aitken. Hello. And Steve Luck. Hello. And as always, we'll be celebrating for the next hour the work of composers who've made music specially for film and other media, starting with this from Patrick Dineen, this is Walk in the Wood.
1: was Jonathan Fletcher with an offering. Uh, Next we have Tim Oliver with Harlequin.
2: So on this one, Settling the Score, we'd like to uh, delve into a discussion about um, library music and um, the differences between library music and bespoke music, kind of custom composition. Um, So I think we're first going to talk a little bit about the differences between those two kinds. So has anybody got any thoughts about, Well, could you describe maybe what library music is for people?
0: Basically, library music is uh, either a collection of CDs that you can buy or else uh, an online service that you subscribe to whereby you can browse through, I don't know know how many, like thousands of tracks um, of all all different genres, all different types of of, uh, moods and emotions and you find something that you can kind of basically paste onto your film that matches what you had in mind. Um, Whereas bespoke music, of course, bespoke music is written specially for your film and um library music i think i'm right in saying is miles better now than it used to be perhaps in the past um i think i
2: think it did always have that reputation of being like Hmm. slightly cheesy synth i think whether it was
0: deserved or not it did have that reputation yes yeah but i've changed i
2: think beyond all recognition really in the last sort of 15 years or something you know kind of production quality and everything seems to have gone right up and and uh, and more and more of it's being used, I guess, isn't it, because there's more and more demand for music from all these digital channels or internet sites or whatever. So so, yeah. so it's been a massive sort of growth area, really, as well. Absolutely. Which I think has, has probably led to pushing the quality up quite a lot.
1: So what about us? Have any of us ever done any library music? I haven't.
2: I haven't. I, well, I've I've just recently started writing for a library. Library um, uh, library's called Sync Tracks, um, and um, they um, so but so they they've sort of taken me on on the basis of um, the, I had some tracks that were lying around that weren't doing anything, and I sent them to them, and they said, "Oh yes, we'd like to include them in the library." So since then, I've kind of written a few more things that were in a similar sort of vein to that. Um, and, um, sort of developed a, a presence on their website, but it's still it's still really early days. There's only maybe you know five or six tracks that I've got up there that are um kind of available for people to license and they've only been up for a couple of months so um i think I think it seems like from what I know about it anyway that that it takes quite a long time before or it can take quite a long time before you kind of see any reward from this
0: I've uh, heard that as well.
2: And uh, yeah, I've heard that there's the composers, um, y- you can make a good, well, there are some members of the guild mm. who, um, who you know, make a full time living out of uh, library music. I'm thinking of Ian Boddy in particular, mm-hmm. um, who seems to have a huge catalogue of stuff uh, in libraries, kind of multiple albums, you know, lots and lots of uh, tracks out there and available and, and um, you know, gets uh, PRS money sort of popping up from all parts of the world when these mm-hmm. tracks have been used. Um, on various different projects that he's, you know, unaware of until <laughs> he finds out about them from the PRS statement, you know. So, um, so that I think there is a living to be made. I suppose for composers, it's probably. It's something that you maybe have to dedicate a lot of time to um, or treat it a bit like I'm doing, which is kind of like a little sideline which is utilising some tracks that are, you had lying around uh, or maybe utilising downtime when you're not working on mm-hmm. commissions to still be writing music and and still have a use for them, still have, still have them have a life. I Do you think, think
1: that's a good sort of, uh, like you say, like a sideline of tracks that you've maybe pitched for jobs that you yeah. haven't got or... Demos for things that you've got left over—that's a kind of way of making some extra money from that. And I think it's
0: too. probably like most other businesses. I think there's no there's no harm in doing that, is there? But um, I think hand in hand with the with the increased production values and general quality of library music that we mentioned at the start, I think if you want to really make a success of it, you probably have to devote a lot of time yeah. and take it very seriously and, and set about writing a load of music um, for libraries, and it, you might you might get the odd sort of hit from. Giving them your rejects, as it were. But I think I think yeah. that's the point with the the good yeah. libraries, and there are several of them. They're not about rejects anymore. They're about yeah. They're about it being really good. Yeah. Do you
1: think the idea that um, the the music libraries are somehow lesser than bespoke music? I think that attitude's changed, and it's I suppose it's no longer there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a filmmaker, so I can't. It'll be it would be interesting to have someone mm. to have a mm. filmmaker's point of view on this. But I think. Um, it depends on what you're doing, I suppose um I think you you know of typically library music you get a lot on on things like a skip to the country, don't you, and yeah, you know um t v shows where you just kind of you need a mood but there's no real mm-hmm. there's no drama in it, there's no particular dynamic, it's just about War having s- music a yeah, lots of mood. daytime t v uh, shows and yeah, stuff, and it's yeah. a very yeah. easy way of yeah. them just dragging something on, but I think there's still an awful lot to be said for having music specially composed um and maybe we should kind of have a quick list of what those things are. It's, um,
2: it's quite, I mean, well, I mean, I think as composers, we probably know that they are, but then I suppose if we're composers, then we're about to say that, yeah. aren't we, kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if
1: you are a composer, though, or maybe even if you're not, you do notice if you watch enough television or whatever, the same tracks <laughs> popping up here and there, you'll hear yeah. the same thing over yeah. and over well, again. Well, that's one of the issues,
0: isn't it, that... Yeah. that um, yeah, if you want if you want unique, fresh music that's never been heard before in your film, then you really mm. got to get someone to write it for you. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. Um, and I suppose that, you know other other issues are things like the fact that if it's composed, that you can kind of uh, develop it across a longer time period, so the themes can be adapted or changed to suit Mm. the mood of what might be happening later in the program or in the film or or whatever Mm. so that you can take one theme and treat it musically in in a different way to create Mm. different moods
0: and the libraries do that to a certain degree they'll they'll get composers to come up with a few different versions Mm. Mm. um at least a few Mm. different edits or or slightly different instrumental arrangements Mm. but yeah if if you have a composer working with you on the film you can have literally any mood with the same little kind of Mm. Uh, you know, you can you can have a little theme for a character. In like the, the way that you use music a lot in a film is you you develop um, this little leitmotif mm. for different characters in the film, and then you can reprise that in any mood you want. And it's very unlikely you're going to be able to do that from library music. Yeah, yeah.
1: What about the sort of the the finance element of it? The cost. Library music is it much cheaper than bespoke music?
0: I have no idea.
2: I, I think from the for the end user, it, it, yeah, it probably is for the filmmaker. Yeah, and it's it, like it's like, you know, they license a track for a set fee, f- depending on the usage that it's going to get, and and um, it, you know, it will be cheaper than um, than uh, you know than than possibly hiring a composer. I, I would guess in most cases it would be. I've wondered, um, I must
0: admit, whether the, the, the kind of the raised quality of library music has impacted on the fees that composers get to yeah. a degree.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's right. I think with it, you know, because there's this, there's a kind of um, you know, big organisations like the BBC and stuff like that. Then they pay for a blanket license where mm-hmm. they can use pretty much any piece of music that they like, you know, from from uh, from most sources, and and um, and so it kind of makes it easy for them, you know, if they're making a whole load of programs, they, you know, it's kind of they need to have stuff that's cleared and and they don't have to have individual agreements for, for for pieces of music and stuff so it makes it really easy just to kind of pull music from somewhere and slot it into a show and 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 it works you know on the whole it works really well i'm sure there's some really great examples of library music that have worked brilliantly to to suit the the, the picture um and work perfectly i know uh, just off the top of my head i know that um, for example the um the kind of iconic theme to uh, Mastermind was a piece of library music. You know, was so that library music? Yeah, that was it? library music. was yeah. orchestral recording and all that stuff. You know, but it was it was library. Um, it yeah. was a library track to start with. And so.
0: another example of, for older listeners is uh, the Grange Hill theme. That was, right. that was never a library track as well. <laughs> was that a library track? <laughs> Wow, I'm depressed now.
1: Really amazingly composed pieces of music.
2: But I think, but I, I, I mean, one of the advantages as well of library is that, um, you know, certainly with the, the online sites and stuff, is that the the um, the, the search facility has improved mm. tremendously. You know, in terms of like, it used to be that you'd have to, you know, you know, have a whole bunch of CDs and then pick out the one that said roughly what the mood was that you <laughs> wanted and uh, and now you can you, know, you can find individual tracks of mm-hmm. users so th- they've got much more sophisticated in terms of like um, uh, tagging tracks with particular yeah. adjectives you know that, yeah I that mean if you upload stuff are. to
1: libraries I know you can um, take things like does it mention a day of the week in the title yeah. just stuff like that yeah. if you watch a lot of mm-hmm. you know like daytime TV it's very literal the yeah. library music that's used mm-hmm. yeah so th- would you, would you say that if you're an aspiring composer now, that if you want to do bespoke music, that library music is also something
0: that you should be considering at the same time? I don't see why not. I mean, I know, as we've mentioned, a lot of composers we know, um, members of the Guild, yeah. do yeah. both. Yeah. Um, and so, and in some cases, as you say, do quite well from library music. Yeah, yeah. It takes a while. As I think it... And my my brother's also a musician, and he's he's been a... Uh, uh, it contributed to a contributor uh, to quite a big music library for many years, and he, and he said the same thing. He, he got nothing for at least the first year, yeah. and then after that, it started to trickle in. And you, it's almost like you get momentum as people have started using your tracks, and then you start to to have a bigger portfolio. Then yeah, you get yeah. you get more royalties trickling in, so it becomes I think, worthwhile. Yeah. I think it's it's um, I th- yeah, I think it's no harm in having a sort of parallel existence in the libraries. As Do you alongside. think there's an
1: element of having Library music, uh, approaching it the same way that you would your own compositions and having a specific style. You know, the idea of library music being mm. sort of um, a kind of blanket sound that you could, you know, quite generic, that you could use over a lot of different productions. Yeah. Do you think there's an element of what you're saying there about building momentum, having a certain specific sound that people will then say, well, that's the guy who did the I music for so. such and such?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And yeah. certainly, I mean, the, the, the libraries, I know because I've, cause I've I've, t- I've spoken to people from music libraries, even though I haven't actually got any of my music on there, and um, they're very clear. They you know they want their standards to be very high, and there's no. Th- they they have quite a full roster of people, and there's no point in them taking on someone who just sounds the same as several other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah. it's important that every composer has a certain unique sound, just like mm. just yeah. like you know. Yeah. Uh, any other business, you need a kind of USP, don't you? Yeah, mm. yeah
2: i think i mean the you know with the the online world and there are now thousands and thousands of music libraries um and they're generally you can kind of broadly split them into two camps which is the the exclusive ones and the non-exclusive ones so from the composer's point of view if you sign to a non-exclusive library it means you can place any of the tracks that you've got in any number of non-exclusive libraries so you can spread the work around 50 different libraries if you want you know you can mm-hmm. just upload them to each of the servers and enter the agreements and then so there's a kind of you know there's a business model there which is sometimes people will pick out these tracks and there may be i mean you know uh, non-exclusive libraries tend to um uh, not charge as much to use the music as some uh, some other exclusive ones um <laughs> but um uh and so there's a business model which says that you can, you know, if you spread this stuff far and wide and little pots of money start to trickle in from different sources, then you can make a decent amount at the end of the day by collecting and administering all of these individual libraries and checking what's being used, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other ones, um, the, the exclusive ones, tend to be more sort of um, high-end uh, stuff that which might be destined for broadcast or cinema or, or you know other other things, um, uh, sort of generally might uh, be. Uh, you know, more likely to generate royalty income for the composer in in the future well as maybe some of the others might be for smaller maybe corporate projects or student films on the on the non-exclusive mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. so the exclusive ones are you, but then you know they're exclusive you can only place them with that library and that's kind of the you know that's the sort mm-hmm. of you know that, that's the deal so you, the, you know those pieces of music won't pop up in 20 other places whatever unless yeah. they unless they've been licensed by that one library to be used in those yeah.
0: places you know so I think for me that's uh, that exclusive thing is is something that slightly puts me off um, because i te- i mean I'm one of those people who maybe tends to be a little bit too precious about my work, and I feel that if I've written a piece of music that I, I kind of it's like my baby you know yeah. and then, and if yeah. that if that piece of music is tied up in an exclusive license to the library that means right. I can't use it for anything else yeah um, I, I right. have a kind of natural reluctance to commit to that yeah, um, yeah. you want to use your beagles no, well yeah. I, I
2: I went through that as well because I'd I'd written this sort of collection of about half a dozen piano tracks which are yeah. on the uh, you know in w- with this library at the minute um, and uh, yeah it was that thing of like well you know that's that's nearly that's nearly an albums worth of stuff that i could release myself yeah, and yeah. Uh, um and like is that the best decision to make or is it better to be you know in the library and have more chance because you're giving it away essentially you're giving half of it away at least mm-hmm. you know to to the music library um and uh and so you know as a result of that like you know you you sort of gambling right mm. you've t- you've taken a decision uh, you are taking a business decision whether it's a gamble or not yeah. i don't know and you're saying, and, and I suppose what in the back of my mind was, well, you know, I've just got to write some more then, haven't I? You know? <laughs> <laughs> if if they're already gone, then you just got to keep churning stuff out. you know, you just got to keep yeah. composing. It's like, well, yeah. uh, because otherwise... One of the, the
1: ones you gave away was, like, that was the track. That was the that track. That was your yeah, pinnacle.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, maybe.
0: And, and how do you feel about it now? I mean, with, well,
2: I, I think I think because you made cause I've made that decision, then I'm kind of I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, it's like well, yeah, cause, but I've I probably got a tendency to be happy with it because that was the decision that I made. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm not I, <laughs> I haven't regretted it yet.
1: I <laughs> think that's where there's a certain element of like the sort of creative side and the business side, or like you know, that's yeah. an example of the two different elements of what you do.
2: Yeah, yeah. On the one hand,
1: yeah. you kind of don't want to give something away, but then the other hand, you're going well, it's you know that's a potential income yeah. generator. Yeah yeah It's very hard to do yeah. that, though isn't it? like to sort it's
2: of it's quite tricky i suppose I suppose uh, because I'd been composing stuff for a while and had this kind of back catalog of stuff that was lying around, not doing anything, sitting on a hard drive, not earning any money, then mm. I was kind of thinking, well, how long do you do that for without trying to make some use out of the back catalog <laughs> sort of thing you know to like at any point <laughs> and actually, well, it's probably about that, <laughs> and that's yeah. why I've kind of felt happy to like. I mean, not that these tracks, these tracks are relatively recent, but but it's like, I suppose, having that attitude about the back catalogue is, is uh, you know, I suppose, trying to <laughs> put them to work. It's like, well, it's no yeah. harm in it.
1: Someone it. from Sync Tracks listening going, what seven-year-old Steve <laughs> Luck tracks that have been <laughs> hanging around on a hard drive for seven years? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I suppose the exclusive contract that you sign must have a, must be finite. It's not until... The world explodes. It must be. There must be a kind of. A mm,
2: no, I think it is. <laughs> oh, okay, right. <laughs> <the> <laughs> Till the world explodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, but uh, you know, it's it's some um, uh, So I have I have a part share in my own work, and they own them until they use them. Uh, yeah. Until well, not until they use them. Until they they still own them. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of. That's that's this you know I suppose that's like maybe that's not a great deal I don't know there might be other library deals that are better and have reversion clauses after a while or, or whatever you know but um,
1: do you feel as a composer you have a certain um, a certain kind of you know you can give you, it's like the idea that you've got like the bespoke music that's the sort of the the art the craft of writing. To a brief or mm. writing to picture, mm. that somehow you're kind of cheating yourself by giving stuff to music libraries, or do you think that that's like that's an old-fashioned? Well, no, not
2: really. No, because like yeah, I think it's no. I haven't I haven't sort of I haven't gone out of the way particularly to write it for a library. I suppose there are maybe formulaic ways of writing music for a library where it has you know it has a build after twenty five seconds or whatever and kind of fits. Mm-hmm. You've just fits used exactly into a music. you would already written. Yeah, and it was it was kind of you know organic. Compositions yeah. that that you know existed in their own right, really, as as yeah. uh, as as, um, as pieces uh, on their own. So, so yeah, that's uh, you know just given them those. Mm-hmm. I suppose,
0: in a sense, it's the same. If you're writing specifically for a library, it's the same job. It's just the di- the briefs come from a different place. And yeah. it's, it's either you've yeah. been given a brief from the library. Can you can you make a yeah. something like this, or else mm-hmm. you give yourself a brief, a specific a brief. brief to write to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
1: libraries are still rubbish. So should <laughs> <laughs>
0: was the mystery of seven eight by phil pendlebury and before that you heard dog wonder by arcane music
2: and the next track you're going to hear is david hughes uh, with the track called flying over blue waters <laughs>
1: You've just heard Sidewinder by Terry Jones and coming up next we have Orsol Poniente by Luciano Giacomozzi.
0: just heard Steve Luck with French Carousel and coming up next it's Jack Goodenday with The Journey.
2: Ian Body with Destination Zero. Uh, Thanks for listening that's all we've got time for this month. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with us please do so. The email address to get in touch is info at northernmediacomposers.co.uk. If you're a composer and would like to have your music featured on the show then do get in touch on that email address. Um, And to play us out we've got John Tobin with
1: 21st Century Boy. Thanks very much. Bye.
3: Life. I know he wants to change it, 21st century war, reaches to his pocket, pulls out his phone, he begins to die. The lottery boy looks down at his phone Duds to die. His second number.
4: don't